So hello everyone. This is Ali Reza from Paytech Talk. This is the episode number 68. Today I have a special guest with me and we're going to do this one in English. I would like to welcome Sebastian. So Sebastian, please introduce yourself. Hey everybody, so thanks a lot for this invitation. Um, so I'm Sebastian Martin. I'm working for Storm Partners, uh, which is the company um, of the blockchain and crypto space. And inside this company, I'm investor relations manager and also dealing with uh, issues related to compliance as I have a legal background um, in French and German business law and also uh, preparing the CAMS certification. So dealing with compliance also on IML on KYC procedures. Oh, that, that sounds very interesting. Sebastian, when I'm looking at your Vita, I just spotted that you also have been in Germany for some time. So I assume you also speak some German. Yeah, the, that's kind of sure. Uh, in, uh, I also speak German because I live like uh, 10 years um, in Germany. Uh, but you know, these topics of regulation, uh, especially KYC on IML procedure, it's always, you know, easier to speak about it in, in English. But of course, if there is anything that I could, I would say precise uh, in uh, German uh, for everyone that is hearing to this podcast, of course, I, I could precise it in German. Okay, perfect. Thank you, uh, Sebastian. But let's do this uh, podcast in English. We do some of them in German. But I'm also very happy if you can do it in English for our English uh, visitors and listeners. Uh, so I would like today to talk to you a little bit about what is happening right now with crypto around the globe. And I would also like to touch a little bit on what is happening in Switzerland and uh, in the US and also what's going on uh, maybe in the next year with crypto regulation. But let's start with the news, what happened in the last weeks. And I believe what is very interesting to the listeners and maybe to you and me, Sebastian, is what happened around Bitcoin in El Salvador. So as most of the listeners have heard, um, Bitcoin has become legal tender in El Salvador. This was already announced a couple of months ago. I believe that not everyone believed that this is going to happen, really. Um, there were a couple of jurisdictions which said, yeah, we're going to have the Bitcoin or some other uh, cryptocurrency as our legal tender. But El Salvador is the first country globally which did it. And when we talk about legal tender, it actually means what is very important from a legal perspective. Uh, El Salvador did not start to issue Bitcoin, but the central bank of El Salvador is guaranteeing the Bitcoin as legal tender. This is very important. We're going to come to that from a little bit uh, from a legal perspective, but from an economic and business perspective, Sebastian, what do you think? What, what, what does it mean for, the, for Bitcoin itself? Is the value going to change? Is maybe the price going to increase again? What do you think is going to happen maybe Are other jurisdictions going to follow El Salvador? Maybe Switzerland is now also going to offer um, the Bitcoin as a legal tender. What do you think? So, yeah, that's a very good question. And of course, it's a, it's a very big and uh, important moment, I would say. Um, so uh, to answer the, the, the last part of your question about other you know, countries that could adopt uh, the, the crypto, um, is that uh, we, the um, Panama, announced that they will also uh, follow um, the, 
Salvador. So that means that probably also in in the region it's gonna it's gonna be you know um, increasing uh, the the adoption. Um, and I think the what could be the the consequences of this adoption? Probably it could first help to bring a kind of stability. Um, because uh, as the central bank are, you know, entering, um, I would say, in the in the game, on that they are bringing with with them also the the their credibility in the uh, in the market on the I would say the daily need. I think it's gonna help. Um, it's gonna help the the, uh, the 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 Bitcoin on it, on its value um, because the I would say the. The need will be uh, increasing, so not only from a, a B 2 C perspective, but also I would say from a uh, from a state uh, perspective. Um, and um, what could be also the, the consequences, uh, as we are also talking about regulation today on compliance issues, I'm sure that um, that the, the the banks on the central banks entering uh, this um, the Bitcoin on adopting the Bitcoin um, will be key also to to see what has to be changed uh, concerning this regulation what's uh, what does uh, what does it show um, working with Bitcoin what do, what do we already have what do we need that would be a, a, a very key issue. And of course, it also, you know, changing the definition uh, that we have with the crypto assets, etc. Because as the central bank is uh, from the Salvador is entering into the game, of course, it changed also the the thing because it was not so foreseen that a, a central bank could could adopt it. Yeah, yeah, and this this is what I also um, see. Um, but you know, I, I actually. Um, was somehow surprised that uh, they're going to take Bitcoin as a payment instrument. For me, uh, from an economic perspective, Bitcoin is not really a payment instrument. It's rather an investment asset because of the price fluctuation. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, if someone wants to pay with Bitcoin and uh, uh, maybe a small transaction is going to happen very fast by the bigger transaction where you agree on, a bri on the price and then suddenly the Bitcoin is changing. Um, what, what do you think about this price fluctuation issue? But that's a very good question. And I think that's probably, you know, um, but I think it's interesting that a central bank, um, you know, uses uh, its because uh, you know a central bank, a very ba a basic definition of a central bank. For example, if you take the example of the European Central Bank, one of its mission is to, I would say, guarantee um, the, the the value. But as the Bitcoin is decentralized uh, from principle, and you know uh, deconcentrated, uh, I think it would be pretty challenging, or especially for the bank of the the, the Salvador. Which is the uh, I would say the one of the first or, or the first uh, to adopt it to I would say to show the the, the use case. Um, on uh, on in the past, I know that in the uh, in the European Union, just to give you an example, uh, before introduction of the euro, so be in the in 1990s, um, we had like two uh, currencies. We had the currency 
for the citizens and we had one currency for um, the European Central Bank. Um, on on the, the, the first one, of course, for the citizens uh, to transit to the euro was less, I would say, stable than the, the, the currency of the uh, central bank. And I think it, we are a bit like coming back to this kind of, uh, you know, uh, notion, uh, economical notion, because the, the central bank can work with a non-stable um, uh, coin, yeah. Mm, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we should also look a little bit maybe to the legal and especially the regulatory issues around Bitcoin now becoming legal tender in El Salvador, what that means for the rest of the world. Um, I would uh, look at the virtual currency definition of the Anti-Money Laundering Directive 5. And as we see, as you look at the virtual currencies definition, it says that virtual currencies is a digital representation of value that is not issued or guaranteed by central bank or by public authority. So now we have the Bitcoin, which is a legal tender in El Salvador. And as I said in the beginning, if you look at the law, which has um, issued this or put this in effect in El Salvador, it says that the central bank of El Salvador is actually guaranteeing uh, Bitcoin. Um, and therefore, if you just look at the definition, I believe and I understand it, that the Bitcoin is now no longer a virtual currency. Would you agree or disagree, Sebastian? Um, I think I think it's a it's a really challenging issue because it's not because the the the, the Salvador uh, the bank the, the central bank of the Salvador says that uh, they are guaranteeing the, um, the 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 I would say the, the the price on the on the on the value that it will effectively happen. That's um, uh, to me that's a, that's the very big challenge. I don't know if um, if it will really happen. As uh, as it's really uh, as it's really you know decentralized and that it's a, a really um, other I would say uh, of course um, work uh, uh, it's it's not working the same way you know as the um, as for example the euro or I don't know the zloty or other currencies so uh, um, of this uh, point I, I would be. I'm uh, really curious to see if it's gonna effectively happen. You know, the, if the, the central bank could effectively um, guarantee um, the, the 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 level of the Bitcoin. Um, regarding the the definition itself, of course, it's it's it, it means that we are changing the I would say the the perspective. So it means that in the past we saw uh, the virtual currencies as something that will not be uh, guaranteed by a, by a central bank. And, of course, and I think that this, this perspective is changing uh, as we see that other countries as the Salvador um, are uh, taking the same way. Um, so yeah, um, I think that probably all definition or all perspective probably will be changed or will have to be changed. It depends on the, on the, on the next step, yeah. But, um, um, I think it will be very, very uh, on, on, in, in Euro for the Eurozone uh, as we 
Um, as we are, uh, for example, here based in, uh, in Europe, there, there are also this debate about the digital euro. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting point, Sebastian, because I think we, we both agree that uh, El Salvador is not issuing Bitcoin. Um, however, the, the point that they have acquired, I heard, I think, 400 Bitcoin and they, uh, they put it in their law saying that it is really now the legal, legal tender in El Salvador. I believe from a legal perspective, you could understand it as uh, guaranteeing it as a legal tender in El Salvador. And if that would be the case, then it would be not any longer. So Bitcoin would not be any longer seen as a virtual currency. And for jurisdictions like Germany, where we have the virtual currency or virtual asset definition in the German Banking Act, this will have further effects. For instance, in Germany, we have the crypto custody service. It says that if you want to custody crypto assets for a third party, you would need to have a license. However, the crypto assets definition is more or less the same as we have it in the anti-money laundering directive. And therefore, if, if what I believe is, 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 is true, uh, the Bitcoin is no longer a virtual currency. It's also no longer a virtual asset under the German Banking Act. And then you would not to need a crypto custody license if you want to custody Bitcoin in Germany or for the German market. However, if you want to do trading with Bitcoin in Germany, this is a different story because Bitcoin is, from the German regulator's perspective, seen as a unit of account, which is already a financial instrument. But as I said, the crypto custody service only is looking at the crypto asset, which to my understanding would no longer Bitcoin be anymore. Um, do you see anything similar from a Swiss law perspective or from, a, from maybe global or international law perspective if we, uh, if we would assume that Bitcoin is no longer a virtual currency? So it's a good question. Um, actually, I, um, to me, it's, uh, I would say it's, uh, it's a bit... You know the I would say in the in the daily in the daily life you know it, it's hard to make this uh, difference about uh, uh, sometimes custody on trading because it depends also on the um, on the solution that is deploying and I think it's pretty uh, this definition is pretty challenging. Um, I know that in France um, there is the the PSAN regulation. Uh, so that means that you have to ask also for, for an authorization to the Autorité des Marchés Financiers. So that's like the, the German Baffin or the Filma in Switzerland. Um, and it's like, um, it's pretty, um, I would say pretty fastly, you, you, you have to, to ask for an agreement. Um, and in France, it's, uh, it's like um, this perspective is also, I would say, probably complicated the development of the, of the ecosystem here. Whereas I think that in, for example, as Switzerland is concerned, um, and to answer your, your question, I think the, 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 I would say the general field uh, under general regulation is a bit more, uh, is, is more clear. And that's why also it makes the, the, the success of the, on the, I would say, traction uh, of Switzerland. And that's why a lot, many companies of the ecosystem are also um, I would say localizing their activities in Switzerland because, of course, also, uh, the regulation is one key element for the for the businesses that we that we have in their in the ecosystem. 
on that's why I think the it, there will be a kind of competition, I would say, uh, on the European scene because, for, uh, for example, between uh, Paris and Frankfurt, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, um, I would say, uh, for example, the, the financial place, the, the finance place of Frankfurt understood that the, the cryptocurrency uh, and the, their services are going to increase in the future and they have to be welcoming. Uh, this innovation because it will be key for also the the, the traction of the of the place of uh, of Frankfurt and in Paris it's a I would say it's a way more uh, complicated uh, stuff right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting what's going to happen with the new anti-money laundering directive six and or anti-money laundering regulation, the first one. Um, do you believe so too? And what, what do you think is going to change with respect to crypto? I was, I was thinking about this, you know, travel rule and this harmonized approach on identification of uh, source of funds and this stuff. Uh, what do you think? I think it's. Um, I think they, they, we saw what's uh, what's going on on the European level the, on the main challenges. First, it's to identify. Um, I would say the where do the funds come from? I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I would say the main one of the main challenge around uh, the use of uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, the second one, so that's from the funds themselves, and then there is also the, the perspective of who is deploying uh, these funds. That's why we 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 joined these debates around KYC. Uh, procedure, so we have to know, um, or KYB depends on the perspective, but we have to, 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 I would say, to know who is deploying the funds so that there is the no, I would say, um, critic then uh, saying, oh, the, um, the, the cryptocurrencies are enabling, I would say, um, criminal uh, activities and transactions around this. But I think the ecosystem understood that uh, the regulation was also the basis of trust, I would say, especially in Germany, because uh, what I saw from uh, various debates at the Bundestag is that um, Germany said regulation is part uh, and is the key uh, element to, so that the um, uh, corporate and big corporates uh, use big, big, uh, crypto-related um, solutions uh, for their business on to, on to create this kind of, you know, link between the traditional finance on what we say the, uh, the so between the old and the new one. Um, on this uh, change around IML on KYC, as you saw, it's, a, it's something progressive. It's not something, I would say, brutal because there, were, there was the fifth directive uh, bringing some stuff. Now there is the sixth one, and probably another one. So that means that we we make iterations on the. As it's something new, the they want to understand what's what's happening, uh, what's the challenges, what do we need to bring with the regulation so that's um, so that we have this trust coming, and also the, 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 they want to to regulate the uh, to regulate the, the ecosystem at all. Yeah, yeah. I think from a from a anti money laundering 
uh, CFT perspective, this whole issue about how to run a proper anti-money laundering regime, it always looks at the person, the intermediary, uh, who would be then the obliged entity, the obliged person who has to do the checks. Uh, but this is, I think, very um, critical, I would say very uh, problematic when you look at innovation, uh, and especially if you now look at the world of decentralized finance, where you usually do not have an intermediary any longer. You have protocols, you have DAOs, and the participants they are interacting without the need of an intermediary. Uh, and as I understand, not just from the Financial Action Task Force, FATF, but now also from the regulator's perspective, especially the US regulator, the SEC, who's looking into DeFi. Uh, you have heard it, uh, Uniswap, uh, but also Coinbase. Coinbase, okay, it's not a, a DeFi uh, service provider, it's rather an exchange. But still, SEC is now looking into uh, the investigation of DeFi transactions. Um, what do you think about this, Sebastian? Can you share yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, so, so first, um, so uh, I, I've heard about it. Um, I would say the, um, the the SEC would like to have like more power to to regulate Bitcoin, and, and they, they 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 say that in the uh, they have like uh, the I would say the. Um, the legal background uh, uh, around crypto uh, assets, uh, but they would like to be, um, I would say, to have more access to this, um, to the Bitcoin uh, related services. Uh, and I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one key point. The, I would say the, probably the perspective is to say, um, now we will see that in the future, uh, Bitcoin will be more and more used. As we say at the beginning of the discussion, the central banks are using it. Now they, are, they have also big corporates who announced that they will be using it more and more. On the... So for these reasons, I think the SEC wouldn't like that this uh, ecosystem, you know, is beside uh, the regulation and they want to be inside the regulation. For this reason, they would like to have like more uh, access um, and I think it's um, so that's why they ask to the Congress first so that it has to be also uh, accepted um, yeah, so we, we, we will see what's gonna uh, come out uh, from these uh, discussions yeah, yeah interesting I mean but what I just read in the, in the news is that uh, the SEC has uh, asked the blockchain analytics firm nchain.ai to do this, uh, yeah, investigations and check the DeFi for them, to, so the SEC can then decide how to better regulate um, the yeah the DeFi. Uh, however, at the same time, I heard that FinCEN uh, said, I think five or six weeks ago, uh, for now, uh, the those who provide the protocols and the uh, technological services for the DeFi. They are not obliged entities within the meaning of uh, anti-money laundering. However, they are thinking of how to how to take this DeFi system and regulate it from an AML perspective, which is, I believe, very difficult with the current regime we have when we look at the intermediaries. Uh, so, as I understand, we are not going to have the uh, 
protocol developers and uh, technological service providers as being the ones who uh, are now obliged entities under AML. Um, but maybe we should uh, look at some other uh, jurisdictions or regulators where you have a better law and regime in place for blockchain in DLT. And now we're coming to Switzerland, <laughs> Sebastian. Yeah. So I, I heard that Switzerland has a new law in place. Uh, I, I call it the blockchain or DLT law. Uh, it probably has a different name. Uh, but this is in effect uh, since first uh, of August 2021. Can you share a little bit insight to the listeners what this new law covers, what it maybe gives to the market? Yeah, so I would say that um, uh, in, so in Switzerland, basically, the, I would say one of the very good things is that you, you have a self-regulated organization. So this, uh, this very famous uh, SRO. On, on, on you have like, um, I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting, I would say, uh, approach uh, uh, regulating the, the ecosystem um, because, uh, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't join um, others, uh, companies of your ecosystem um, on, you know, discuss, uh, on adopt, I would say, the, the best practice of the, of the others companies of your uh, ecosystem. And I think it's something very interesting and in I would say in the approach and of course the Filma, um, I would say, uh, overview the, uh, the, the, of course, the, the rules that are applied by the, this SRO. And I think it's um, probably something that we have also to probably to adopt a bit more um, in our approach, for, for example, in the European Union on the, uh, for example, the probably the American on, on, on this other one. Um, I think that's the, basically to give a big background about the, what you call this DLT and blockchain um, rule, the, the, that's, uh, that's its name, of course. Uh, it's to, um, things are changing right now. Uh, we need uh, a new, um, I would say, field of law and we would like, uh, and we would like to to adopt uh, to uh, to adapt what we have to this uh, new, um, I would say, revolution. On um, yeah, that's why they that's why they, they are currently uh, changing their uh, their field of law. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this DLT and this regulation of the DLT for a long time already since 2014. Yeah. and uh, what I think is very interesting at least from the German regulators perspective we are trying to regulate and to cover innovation with the old system but we at the, in the end the regulators they do it with a subjective element I give you an example um, do, do you know which which exchange was the first exchange which was trading or which was giving the possibility to trade Bitcoin in general yes in general globally which was the first exchange make a guess I think it was a. Uh, was it Coinbase? No, it was not Coinbase. Coinbase came a little bit later. Um, if you talk about exchange, there was it 2010, uh, yeah. 2010. There was a there was an exchange which was called at that time, I think, Bitcoin Market. Okay. Uh, and where you could um, where you could uh, offer the Bitcoin for others to buy it, but. Actually, the first exchange, everyone knows it, 
um, was eBay. Hey. On, on eBay, on eBay, you could already in 29 uh, buy Bitcoin. So people were offering Bitcoin. Um, and if you take the, that's what I'm saying, the, our law, our regulation is too old and it, you, you apply it subjectively. If you would apply it formally, the, the law says if you introduce others to buy financial instruments and if the German regulator, which started to look into Bitcoin already by the end of 2013, would start to regulate institutions, they should have regulated eBay because on eBay you could offer your Bitcoin and others could buy it. And that is a simple definition of the brokerage business of financial instruments. But as uh, the regulation and law is, it is very much uh, uh, looking at the market and trying not to change what is already working fine. So it did not really look into uh, uh, um, Bitcoin uh, and uh, the, the eBay transactions, but at others, at the new players, uh, which is not, uh, um, from a formal perspective, not, not right, I would say. Uh, but the same is happening right now, because if you look, for example, at uh, PayPal, at the PayPal voucher system and, uh, and the payback, sorry, the payback voucher system and payback points, which you can use to pay stuff, uh, these are in Germany and I think globally excluded from uh, e-money regulation and also crypto regulation. But in the end of the day, if you would... Um, draft or if you would structure a crypto payment system which is also working with points uh, i believe this one would be regulated but uh, uh, i think from a legal perspective this is not right uh, but yeah i mean this is only my my personal uh, my personal view on this what do you think sebastian I, I just wanted also to, 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 to add something regarding Switzerland, because as you know, the, um, Switzerland has been um, investigated by the, the GAFI. So as, you, as probably GAFI, FATF, every, they, they, they are you know, controlling and checking if the, every country is following the, their recommendations. And Switzerland has been, um, I would say, um, analyzed on the on they made a few, a few recommendations a few years ago on for, for on for a few uh, uh, for a few I think it's for a few months they have been um, checked again um, to see if the, the the change has been followed so there was a, uh, that's why also there is also this the this new a regulatory framework. It was also to to adapt uh, Swiss law um, and make it a bit more uh, per perfect. Um, th that that was that was also the the point I wanted to to add. Um, on yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have the same in Germany. I think in Germany it was it is coming in November. So the Gafi and yeah. FATF they're coming to the German regu regulator. And to the German market, and to see how Germany has implemented uh, the FATF guidelines. Uh, this is also the reason why Germany uh, is always or are now again one of the first jurisdictions which wants to apply rules uh, on, for example, the travel rule. Um, I understand that Finma or the Swiss market did it also already, which is some burden for the existing crypto banks. Um, can you can you agree to to my to my uh, yeah to my understanding that the Swiss crypto banks I think there are three of them uh, since uh, the F uh, the Finma has uh, 
stated that you have to check uh, not just your own clients, uh, but you also have to check if your client is receiving crypto assets. So where is that coming from and who who's that person who sends the crypto assets to your client? So you also have to make really the KYC on the source of the transaction. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah um, uh, and I think that's... Um, so what... I think uh, it's it's so the decrypto travel rule. Say it was on effect on January first, twenty twenty, and that's uh, applying for uh, transaction amounts above uh, one thousand uh, Swiss francs. Um, and they and they have to prove, of course, the the ownership of the known uh, custodial wallets. Um, so that's uh, I think it's. Um, uh, it's interesting to to see this uh, evolution, um, and I think it's uh, where does it come from? I think it it, it comes from it just come from the from the FATF also uh, requirements. I think it's a it's a trend that is a, a global one. Yes, it is. It is, but. You know, um, the FATF requirements, they are recommendations. And yeah. uh, so the FATF is not like a global regulator. It is an independent global body which gives recommendations. And then the states, or for us, the European Union, decides how to apply it, especially for the European Union, especially when it comes to regulation. I believe that the European Union has to decide on a harmonized level, on a harmonized basis, like they do it with the anti-money laundering direction five and six, how to regulate uh, um, yeah, the anti-money laundering and CFT rules when it comes to financial instruments and not each member state by itself applying it just to be looking good in front of the FATF, but in the end building a different regulation within the European Union, even though uh, we are going to have some standardized regulation on crypto assets soon for the European Union. Do you agree to that? I, I, I think so. Uh, I think so. Uh, basically, um, th there, are, there is a lot of uh, debate, you know. I know that there is um, the, a regulation in, uh, there is a new debate, you know, in, on the European level for, a new, for the MICAR. Um, I think we you, you also wanted to discuss uh, it, but I think it's also the the opportunity I would say to to make it harmonized, and probably the perspective of the G digital euro um, will also be key, you know, in this uh, debate on uh, in perspective. Uh, and furthermore, I will say that of course we need a, a I would say a, an harmonized uh, approach. Um, but they still, the, 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 the issue is that when you see the position of the German Bundesbank on, for example, the, the French position or uh, from other countries, I would say that we, we have to make a, a, a really big trip, you know, uh, before um, reaching a common position. So, so for these reasons, I think, of course, we need the, the um, uh, because that's the purpose also of the European Union, you know, to make it, uh, we say, convergent and harmonized. But the, the issue is that currently we don't have uh, something very, um, I would say, because the German Bundesbank has this position, the Banque de France also has this position, 
um, I would say the European Central Bank has a kind of synthesis of this, of both approach. And I hope that the debate uh, around Mika will make possible that we finally find a, an agreement on these uh, topics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for, for those who are into the, the historical view of on crypto assets, uh, you probably know already that in January 2019, the ESMA and the EVA, each of them has published a paper called Advice on Crypto Assets. And both bodies have pointed out at that time that when it comes to definition and regulation of crypto assets, we do not have so far a harmonized regulation or framework. Uh, I, I even uh, believe that in that report, they said that there's only one jurisdiction in the whole European Union, which is Germany, which uh, regulates uh, cryptocurrencies as financial instruments. But until now, we only have the Markets and Financial Instruments Directive, which applies to MIFID financial instruments, uh, uh, to which the cryptocurrencies do not uh, uh, fall under. But because of that, we're going to have next to the MIFID. So in contrast to the MIFID, we're going to have the markets and crypto assets regulation, which shall cover all crypto assets, which are not already covered by MIFID. And this regulation, uh, which is going to be uh, applicable to all European member states directly, so you do not need to implement it because it's a regulation, uh, it's most likely going to apply already from the second or third quarter of 2022, with an 18 months uh, transition period. Um, and this is going to be the regulation which gives like a harmonized uh, framework for the regulation of crypto assets. Um, but uh, I saw from the last draft of the Mika, which is not public yet, um, that uh, DeFi is going to be excluded. So Mika is not going to uh, cover DeFi and Mika is also not going to cover non-fungible token NFTs. Um, have, have you heard similar things, Sebastian? What do you think about the Mika, which, which is coming? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing for the for the crypto market? So um, to, about the, the, I would say the content of the, the Mika itself, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't have the... the I, I, I cannot have the, the same information as you because I'm not so involved uh, as you in this debate and I, I, I couldn't have the, 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 the document um, before, I would say. Uh, if it's something good or, uh, or not, um, I think it's something that it's good because I, I would say that uh, there is uh, actually a, a kind of lack and there is a, a gap, I would say, in, in um, European financial services regulation. Um, and I think it's uh, uh, the point is that crypto asset could, I would say, fall outside uh, the scope of the uh, regulatory uh, protections. I think it's uh, definitely these things um, the, that would like to be changed by this uh, regulation. Um, about the question of uh, uh, DeFi, etc., I think it's a joint or, or discussion that we had just before, you know. Um, I mean that it's really difficult uh, to regulate the um, to regulate the um, DeFi because, as you said, it's like uh, most of the time protocols DAO, um, and that's most of the time I would say tech uh, background. But I would say the main challenges around DeFi is that at the end of the day, it's uh, you know dealing with uh, with farms on transaction on. 
I think it's um, um, that's really that's really also key because, um, for example, they, uh, when you take the debate with algorithm, so that's another one. But that just to show, for example, in in France, you have. Uh, the Banque de France through the ACPR, so that's the regulat regulatory um, body of the Banque de France, that say that algorithms have to respect certain criteria. So I truly believe uh, be, that in the future, also there will be this kind you know, of regulatory framework for DeFi. It will not be, you know, uh, so, I would say, so, such a law, which is like, a, which has a strong force, you know, but it's going to be uh, uh, guidelines so that we, we are sure that the protocols are also, I would say, a protector of the, um, uh, on, on the regulatory, uh, um, I would say, point of view on, um, around the protection, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I believe uh, personally that Mika is good for the market. I believe that... Um, uh, like from a risk-based approach perspective, we should regulate what needs to be regulated and leave out what doesn't need to be regulated. But Mika gives for the European market at least a harmonized approach, and uh, and this will help to build up the crypto assets space in Europe. Uh, and uh, before because of that, I believe that the regulation is good. Looking at the time, I believe we are we are done for today. <laughs> so, Sebastian, I would like to thank you very much for being our guest today. Uh, I will put your uh, contact details below this uh, podcast so you can reach out to Sebastian. Uh, and I will also put some links to all the topics we just discussed today. And uh, as I said, uh, thank you very much, Sebastian. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks for the invitation, Alirisa. It was a pleasure.